So we're just going to do quick and dirty. I'm going to guilt shame you all into being fashion conscious and it'll be fun. Oh, no, I don't know if I'm excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be here. Her G is so annoying. Okay, <laughs> does everyone have the food out of their mouth? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the bundle of hers. Margot Bushra and Harjeet in studio today. Whoop, whoop. What's good? What's yeah. popping? <laughs> <laughs> we recruited Bushra in here from surgery. She's super happy about it. Excited. Yep. Okay, so today we're going to talk about something that I'm super passionate about and I try to share with these other wonderful ladies, um, and that's environmentalism. And I think that it actually ties um, very directly into healthcare. Um, Things about the environment like water and clean air, I think, are basic human rights that Mm -hmm. everyone should have access to that are directly linked to our health. Mm -hmm. Living in Utah, we have um, exposure to a lot of these, so... We tend to have really bad air in the winter. And then I think we have all seen uh, how on the wards we get a lot of patients with um, inflammatory diseases in their lungs and COPD exacerbations and whatnot from the bad air or even in the peds, asthma and bad air. And then the second thing is that we live in a desert and we tend to treat our water as if we live in a place where there's abundancy of water. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing with water is that in Southern Utah um, on the Navajo reservation, they haven't had access to clean water in like 70 years or ever since the establishment of that reservation. So those are just things to think about. And then one other topic I want to talk about in terms of environmentalism and healthcare is how the things that we buy as consumers who's making those and how are those choices impacting those people's health. Mm. So let's first talk about air and clean air and how you guys feel about that or what you guys notice and connect, uh, especially living here in Utah. I'm generally pro clean air. (laughs) Good, good. (laughs) Um, In in Utah, we have pretty bad inversion, especially in the winter. And so we tend to see a lot of asthma exacerbations and COPD exacerbations during that time. You'll see when you're like driving on the highway, they'll give you like warnings about like air quality. Oh, today would be a good day to carpool instead of drive your individual cars or like take public transportation or I know some people bike to work or whatever. I'm going to raise my hand and say I'm very guilty of driving to school because it's just convenient that way. Um, But the thing is, I also see the impact of my actions and I have a hard time reconciling the two things because I know I'm contributing to the bad air quality, among other things. But I, I don't necessarily find myself doing anything to like prevent it. One thing I will say is Margot is a very good <laughs> reminder for me and the rest of the women from the things that we like consume and use, like plastic spoons. I remember. Remember when you told me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you using. did touch me one day. I forgot a spoon and I, I had caught her plastic. <laughs> she caught me. <laughs> it's hard though, Margot. It's really hard. Um, and I really do commend you for putting in that effort because it makes a difference. And if every person can change that thing, like using a plastic spoon, like it adds up for sure. And I think to that point too, something that 
I think a lot of people when they think about environmentalism is they're like, oh, we have to do everything all at once. And that's not sustainable or practical for everybody. Right. But I think if everybody just chooses one thing that they can do, even if it's a little thing such as like bringing your own um, silverware for lunch, that adds up and makes a bigger difference. And nobody has to do it perfectly. But if everybody just does a little bit or what they can, that makes big difference. As long as you can just start to be more aware of what you do to contribute to the air quality or the water pollution um, or the plastic waste, just that awareness is always the first step. And And I think that now that I've been on the wards and treating people who have a direct impact of this, um, it also makes me think about my own health. There's some statistics out there that like when our air is as bad as it gets in the winter, it's like the equivalent of smoking how many packs of cigarettes. And then we treat patients with lung cancer. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't be breathing this all the time. So I think just the first part is awareness. And then maybe like as it becomes feasible to buy a Tesla or whatever, I don't know. Like well, <laughs> when, we're making Nash money. <laughs> when we're attending status, you know, but like at least we're building that awareness or just consciousness of how our environment impacts our patient's health. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> me, me and Margo just have this conversation. <laughs> no, I could have this conversation. <laughs> She's so You know, when you talk about environmentalism, something that I find really interesting is some um, the people that can make those choices of living cleaner are generally richer Mm -hmm. or they're from um, affluent or privileged backgrounds. But I find that so interesting because I'll tell you something about my story. So I was born in a village back home in India. And I remember my mom used to tell me stories like, you know, we used to go to a well for water. We would use cow dung patties to fuel our fires. So everything was sustainable. Everything was reusable. Down in the South India, they use banana leaves as plates. And I think that's such an interesting concept because when you come to American society, there's a lot of people who don't have the time or the energy to think about where their products are coming from. Let's like even take clothes, for example. The cheaper clothes is made by the people who are not getting the right compensation. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, inherent isms in our society, right? Like racism, sexism, capitalism, all these things contribute to that. So sometimes I'm like, I just need to go back to my roots. What did my family teach me? How did people back in my village live? Right. But when I came here, it's just so easy to fall into those patterns. And it's like really hard to know that you're a part of this huge problem where if I just would have held on to, you know, those values that my parents taught me, it would maybe not be the way it is. I don't know. For some reason, this topic is like really hitting a chord with me because I have become like this. I have to unlearn so much because this isn't the way I was quote unquote raised, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's super insightful. And especially um, what you were talking about with fashion, for example, and consumerism and capitalism. And I think that's the culture that we're primarily raised and bombarded with here in the U.S. I think it's become a global thing as well. Yeah, totally. The The consumerist capitalistic mentality is definitely a global phenomenon that is sort of driving this. Let's take fast fashion as an example, which you used. But I'd also like to point out that cheap clothes and expensive clothes can be made in the same factory 
you know, with people who are making less than living wages. But the name, yeah, the, the name is what will sell it, and that person who's sitting in a CEO's office is making the money, not the person making the clothes. That's a good point. And so what I've really been trying to look into myself and what I think you're really good at always telling everybody, Harji, is question everything. So what I've been questioning is like, why do I want to buy that sweater? Why do I want to buy those shoes that I just saw on Instagram? And is it the like immediate sensation of like that model looks cute and those shoes are so cute. I just want to have them you know, dopamine response that you get like from seeing it and then buying it and then you get them and you wear them once and you're like, okay, they can go to the back of my closet now without ever thinking about like the person who made those shoes. Like, did they get a fair wage? Did they get their legs or arms or anything injured because they were making the shoe for me? And did they have, you know, healthy living conditions? How far did they have to travel to work? So after doing the Hippocratic Oath, you know, do no harm. I've really been thinking about how do my choices in my consumerism reflect the do no harm? And I think it's been really eye opening for me, Harjeet, too. And I think and I understand like from your perspective, like where you were raised with this one mentality and, and way of utilizing resources and then to switch into a different and to really reflect on that is something that I'm trying to do right now from scratch right? yeah and like truly understand like I had no idea about this until I just started recently looking into it yeah like my mom she she's so funny because she'll be like oh you're wasting this like eat every piece of that apple if you can't eat it now we'll save it for later right and she'll like put it in the fridge and I'm like uh I'm not gonna eat an old apple right because right. I have the privilege to have another fresh apple you know right. When I was younger, it annoyed me a lot. Like we use um, butter containers. We'll put like our food in there. Like we'll save it and we'll use it as a re- container mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. years and years and years. Honestly, years. I guess sometimes I don't give my mom enough credit, but I think that quality of hers is actually so great for our family. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we are that much less contributing to the problem. Right. And actually, I love that butter container story because we do it too, by the way. Yeah. And even so my (laughs) grandmother and my mother, they're from the Czech, like rural Czech Republic when it was Czechoslovakia. And there was a lot of um, discord between the um, Russians coming in and invading. And um, my grandmother grew up in World War Two. She had very little access to food and was rationed and all of that. And she also uses the butter containers and all of that. So I think that's kind of a cool connection that we just made yeah. here now um, and is a good way to like reduce, reuse and recycle. Right. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, it is fun. But it's also really hard because now that we're having this conversation, there's so much that I think about, but there's so much I don't think about in my day to day life. I think to be quote unquote woke person, mm-hmm. it requires a lot. I mean, it's really hard to be perfect and not being a part of the problem, but we all are, you know, and like, I guess I'm just having that struggle right now in this moment. There's so many things that I do that contribute to all the problems that I hope to work against. Mm hmm. No, I think that's so true. And and back to my point earlier is that like we can't all be perfect at solving the world's problems in this moment. Right now, I think the most important thing is to just recognize and question. Like you always say, just right. question, like, why do I want to buy this sweater? Why do I and do I need this dress for clinic? And, and you know, like I'm on a student budget with student loans. And like I, I that price tag is very appealing. And like, that's OK to go through that and, and understand that maybe the person who made it doesn't get the best quality of life. But you're conscious of that and working towards yeah. 
bettering it in the future. Like we all don't have to do it right now, but the first step is just like making noise about it. Right. Right. And And I think it's super unfair that certain populations are impacted by this more than other populations. Right. Like even the bad air, may it be mm -hmm. like certain type of chemicals. There are underserved, underprivileged populations, under-resourced populations that get the brunt of the problem of environmentalism, you know? Right. Yeah, the economics plays significantly into it. And and unfortunately, the thing that's economically feasible is not always the most environmentally friendly. And that creates then a huge um, disconnect and vicious cycle because those populations are also not getting the health care. Yeah. yeah. And so that's something we it's a double whammy. Yeah, totally a double whammy. And another example of that right in our home state is that the um, Navajo Native Americans reservation down in southern Utah and, and Arizona border um, haven't had running water for 70 plus years. That's insane to me mm-hmm. because in a developed I think country. I think one thing that I do know about that culture is like they are so like connected to the earth mm-hmm. and like the environment is so important to them. This is one population that shouldn't be impacted the way it is. And why? Right. right. So like I think that's an important question we should all be thinking about. I think some of us know the answer, but we should be thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And and also to add insult to that injury for them is the uranium mines that are powering, you know, that were used to mine uranium that make the nuclear power plants that run the electricity that is running the show right now potentially is had polluted many of the wells also on that reservation and in that area. So it's like the, the resource is incredibly scarce. Right. Which where water naturally would have been clean mm-hmm. is now polluted and that for me is like there is a systematic reason why and i think that like is a perfect example of like why we have this podcast right Mm -hmm. because these are the things that people's everyday lives are impacted and we don't it's something that like we know that there are connections but i think a lot of us don't want to acknowledge it Mm -hmm. because i am a part of that problem too i am too and and i think it's hard to to just start even challenging, like, I really want to buy that pair of shoes, but I'm not going to. It's like, that's right. a really hard step. But I think every little bit of awareness is yeah. a step in the right direction. Right. This is like a small step. So I'm not like giving myself a pat on the back or whatever. <laughs> the small things matter. Small things matter, for sure. But like, I think it's like, keep in mind, I'm not a perfect person. I'm flawed. But like, okay, I'm going to buy shoes from this retailer because they specifically say, the people that make them earn a fair wage you know what I mean or I'm gonna buy clothes from this brand because every time I buy a pair of shoes they're gonna donate a pair of shoes to someone who needs it or something like that I really it makes me feel better about shopping when there are those kind of cases yeah I'll go to H&M every once in a while all the time (laughs) and it's cheap and cheerful right but I will say that it's steadily decreased for me. And I'm also not buying as many things as I used to because oh, I, me too. I have a problem with keeping everything that I have and then adding more to it and, and then not using what I already have. Mm-hmm. And so I've been trying to actively trying to use the stuff I already have that I haven't worn in a long time. Like, I don't know why I feel the need to like go out and buy something new and it's probably because we've been programmed to do so exactly 
I think it's really important for us as healthcare providers because when we get those patients that are directly impacted by even the decisions we make, you know, I think like it really adds a new perspective. I guess I didn't really even think of that until I just made that statement on this podcast. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> Mind blown. There's a really good app called Good On You and they kind of give rate. You can type in whatever brand that you want. And actually, if you type in H&M, they're not as bad as like Forever 21. So H&M versus Forever 21. Well, I guess is, I'm doing something right. <laughs> it's a good, good option. But they, they grade them based on like the quality of the, like the impact, environmental impact of the, the materials that they use in their clothing, the labor practices. Mm-hmm. So how fair it is to the people who are actually making the clothes and um, animal welfare, you know, like, do they test on animals or do they use animal products? Um, and are the animals that are being used for the products treated well? So that's one thing that you could use if you're interested. But um, to wrap it up, I think the theme of today was it's OK that you're not perfect in your practices, even if you recognize that there are things that you're doing that contribute to like the environmental problems or the social economic health care problems that we have. Like the first step is always awareness and just to research more about it or question why you're doing something or what is causing or contributing to that cycle and then do those little things that can add up. And the more I think, you know, you'll start by bringing your own your own um, silverware for lunch and then it turns into, you know, using um, glass instead of plastic containers and, and then it can like build up that way and don't try to conquer the world all at once. Um, but, you know, like question everything. Yeah. And I think that that's the key, um, Margo. And I will say, Bushra, even though you said that, you know, I'm just doing a small little things, it's those step by step things that really like impact change, because it's almost like when people want to get healthier, right? You can't cold turkey stop something, right? Like you need to build upon your past successes. And I don't think we give ourselves also enough credit that, yeah, we're contributing to the problem, but every small step is a step forward. Right. Beautifully said. And just to think like how our own actions outside of the hospital contribute to the health of our patients or the health of those who don't even have access to direct great health care. Um, yeah, so we shouldn't make their problems worse exactly. when, when they the, they don't even have the... I'm sorry I'm laughing about this, but it's serious. They don't even have the resources to go to a doctor. Right. And that and that's like part of the bigger health care problem that we have in this country. But like just thinking about how we can, even as healthcare providers who have committed or future healthcare providers who've committed to do no harm, our life choices impact the health of other people. And I think that's super important to start thinking about and questioning as we go through the rest of our training and become attendings. So thank you for listening to Bundle of Hers. We hope you'll join us um, next time and download our podcast on anywhere you get your podcasts now. And if you would like to add a resource or something you've learned about or have any questions or want to join in on this discussion, please drop us a note at Bundle of Hers on Instagram or Facebook. And until next time, bye bye. (laughs) It's been a minute since we've had that. I know we tried to do it, but none of us. We are really bad at it. Busher, um, Lean actually kind of almost tried. Kind of almost tried. As in she was. Yeah, because I can't do it.